and your Amsasia podcast. Yo, take your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello, welcome to a special episode of the Endurance Asia podcast where we're covering the Backyard Ultra that's going on globally and there are two editions that are going to be running here in Asia. We've got the Singapore Dead Effing Last being run by Jerry Chua and a second round of The Last Samurai with uh, Tomo-san, Tomokazu Ihara-san in Japan. We've uh, we got together with Jerry and some of the competitors for the Singapore round, um, which we kick off with, followed by a catch up again with the legendary Tomo-san, 100 miles, 100 times. We're getting back on the podcast for the third time to talk about the Tokyo edition for the Backyard Ultra that's going on this weekend. So enjoy the podcast. I hope you get to listen before everyone starts running. I get a feeling that it's going to be going on for a while. So uh, be sure to follow on the Zoom link. And uh, and yeah, it should be a pretty exciting weekend with uh, with potentially some records broken. So uh, with that, let's hand over to Jerry Chua and the Singapore crew for the dead effing last Backyard Ultra. The truthful story of the Ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Welcome to uh, a very interesting episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. Um, we're actually joined uh, today by Jerry Chua and a whole host of awesome runners that are about to compete in a backyard ultra here in Singapore. Uh, dead effing last. And it will be taking place on the 17th of October. So we're, um, we've welcomed some of the uh, a handful of the, uh, the competitors. And, uh, and we've, got, um, we've got Jerry Chua joining us that's, uh, from her quarantine hotel at the Shangri-La, living it up on, on Sentosa. Um, so, yeah, with that, Jerry, we'll, we'll go to you first. So um, this is going to be the very first race of any description run in Singapore for the for the last few months you'd planned it for quite a while beforehand we were all very eager it was going to be the first I think it was the first fat bird event so I know that you've um you've uh, organized a few um a few races in in Singapore in the past um but there was originally a, a, a beach backyard ultra that was going to be part of the backyard um uh well well that was going to be part of the global backyard ultra scene and you've pushed on through and you've uh, yeah, got a race coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. So tell us how it all came about. Hey, Scott. Um, this is actually slightly different to the Beach Backyard Ultra. So this is still a Backyard Ultra. Um, should I explain that now and, and what that entails? I think most listeners will be au fait. We've had like the, um, the legend Will Haywood and we talked about it quite a bit on the podcast. But yeah, just for the, anyone that, hadn't, that, that doesn't know, like a quick recap would be, would, be, uh, would be helpful. Yeah, well, in a nutshell, Backyard Ultras are basically a last man or woman standing event. So you keep going, same loop, 6.7 kilometers um, on the hour, every hour. 
And uh, the last person to still be running and complete a loop on their own is the winner, essentially. Yeah, and it's uh, Lazarus Lake of the um, uh, of the Barclays fame who came up with the concept. It would have to be some sort of only a narcissist of his uh, of his level could come up with a with a format that is uh, potentially this painful. Um, so yeah, what's what's happened with the the so explain how it's happening because it's actually happening all across the globe at the same time so how are they actually going to be running uh, running this year's event well so basically what's happened is because of all the covid restrictions and nobody can travel this year um what laz has done is instead of having his big um backyard ultra that he does every year and that's kind of the world championships because it's something that he came up with in the very beginning anyway um, what's happening now is uh, he's tried to offer a, a format where we have global satellite races all around the world. So at the moment, I think there are a total of 23 countries are, um, taking part, um, including places like Belarus and Ireland and quite a few others. So that's pretty, that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, and so what we have in Singapore will be um, the World Championship Satellite Race. So this is essentially a Singapore Championships, like a national championships. And um, the winner and the assist will get um, golden tickets to go to Lazarus' main event next year. Right. Okay. So the winner and the and the first last. Uh, oh, so we call them the assist. Yeah. The you assist can't get is good. without the assist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so and, and it's all going to be kicking off at each race around the globe. So 23 different locations are all going to be kicking off at exactly the same start time? Yep, exactly the same start time. So to, to keep in line with the start time in the US, uh, we have to start at 7, um, 8 p.m. 7 p.m., 8 p.m. What is it, guys? Wasn't it starting at 6.35 because of the Tennessee no. sunrise or no. something? Laz, Laz, made a, Laz made a mistake there, and so he's, um, he's changed that back to 7 now. So it will kick off at 7 p.m. Um, around the globe. And, um, and so what, what format are you doing here in Singapore? So how's it going to be set up? Where are you starting from? What's the route? Um, like, obviously, there's going to have to have been some uh, precautions put in place due to the sort of COVID measures. So how have you managed to, to pull it off doing it here in, a, in our little red dot? We have a massive amount of measures, unfortunately, but um, so the, the racing experience is not going to be the same. You're not going to be able to hug anyone. You're not going to be able to touch anyone, mask on before and after running. Um, you know, people are all separate. There's social distancing. And um, what we've done here in Singapore is we've had to run it as a private event. So it's not open to public. Um, we've kept it on the down low just because we need to make sure that everyone is socially distanced. We have only groups of five maximum at a time. Um, and so we will have the racers split into groups of five. So that's three groups of five. We have 15 racers. Um, Laz has uh, capped the number of people in each country's team at 15, just to make sure that um, it's fair to everyone. Um, they can that they can get enough people in and um, 
So we have a lot of measures in place, including safety check-ins. Um, you have to scan your entry in. You have to have your temperature taken. You have, if you guys are coughing, you're not allowed in. I'm sorry. <laughs> so don't cough before the start. Um, and, and so you're going to have like, so three different starting blocks effectively for the, for the three groups of, uh, of five on, on the day. Yeah, well, actually what we'll do is we'll have a very long um, starting line and um, they'll, be spaced, they'll be spaced out pretty evenly. So they're not going to lose much in terms of um, distance. It's like starting a marathon, but um, more socially distanced. Got you. Okay. And with this kind of race, um, their support crew is critical. Um, what is the, are people allowed to have anyone to come and like massage their feet and, uh, and get the Theragun to massage their, their, uh, their quads, um, at the end of each lap or is it, is it every man and woman from the, for themselves? Well, we've, what we've done is we've allowed crew because we want to make this, um, as, uh, we want to give them the best possible chance to do the best that they can. Because I think apart from Ned, no one's actually done a quarantine, uh, a backyard ultra. So Ned's run the quarantine backyard ultra. So everyone's a backyard virgin except for um, Matt, I um, Ned, I believe. Uh, so what we've said in terms of crew is every runner is allowed one crew at any one time. Um, and if they're, you know, of course, they might be running for three days. So their crew can come in in shifts. Um, and we'll have a five-minute handover um, buffer. So at any one point in time, each runner is considered their own pod almost. Um, we have also allowed runners to share crew. So two, any two runners can decide to share um, any two of their crew of, at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, and what that means is then the pod just increases to a size of four maximum at any one time. And so that's how we try and maintain the, the group size and the social distancing. Okay, got you. Um, and it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to start from a like, private residence and, uh, and then we'll go down along the East Coast. Um, yeah, absolutely. Oh, just, the, just going yeah. back to um, crew also, Johan Steen, who won in... Um, 20, uh, 2018 in a winning time of 68 hours, uh, he had no crew. So <laughs> it's entirely possible, everyone, entirely possible. Um, but yes, so we, we're starting at um, Fabian Williams's uh, coaching concepts, which is uh, at the East Coast. It's a private, not a residence, but it's a private workplace. Um, so he does coaching there. And there's also movement mechanics um, physio clinic there. So it's okay. all good stuff. The guys, yeah, we'll have some um, available services for the guys as well. Um, but so we start there. There's plenty of space out there. And um, the run essentially is an out and back. Easy 6.7 kilometers out and back, including one small bump over an overhead bridge. But that's pretty much it. Uh, mind you, the actual um, the route in um, in Tennessee, I think, is pretty lumpy, isn't it? I forget the exact elevation in each route. So, yeah, yeah, well, having, having one bridge to go over. 
Yeah, there's there's a team from Mexico, um, and they're doing it in the Copper Canyons. <laughs> really? Yeah, okay. It, it, the guy from um, Arnulfo, the guy from um, Born to Run, he's running it. Is that right? Well, yeah. I mean, even if they have the elevation, and in fact, actually, I was going to say we've got uh, the heat and humidity here in Singapore. But having said that, it's probably going to be a similar sort of heat and humidity in Mexico as well. No yeah, doubt. but we've got zero elevation and we're running on road. They're running on trail with um, all sorts of stuff in the way. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you mentioned that there was only there's only 15 people allowed to represent each country. So can you just tell us about the, yeah. the sort of format of that and how that's, um, is that, uh, yes, can you uh, explain how that works? Well, what Laz did was he capped it at 15 to um, the number, the number, the maximum number you can have in a team is 15. Uh, because you know, for example, we could have stuck with just five because we've got a restriction of five per group in Singapore, but um, we have enough space to extend that to the 15 as long as they're not um, intermingling. So that should be fine. Um, and in other countries, I think some of the other countries can't go more than a certain number like 10. So they've kept theirs at 10. Right, okay. Okay, and then um, and then, how is it going to work in terms of, is it just because races all around the world, obviously a lot of them will just have people from, um, from that country rather than um, uh, like having like overseas participants. I mean, there's not too many people that are able to travel at the moment, obviously. But um, so yeah, what, what was the thoughts around because uh, around, the, the 15 participants are Singapore citizens and, um, and PRs that are going to be yeah. joining this race? Is that to make sure that we have representation from, uh, from Singapore? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we've got a lot of talented runners here in Singapore, both um, PRs, citizens and um, expats. The, the problem for us was that it's, um, this is meant to be a national championships, um, according to Laz. So what we decided to do was we, we narrowed down the field to give our local residents and citizens and PRs um, that chance first. Um, because it would be very hard to explain, firstly, opening up the registration to anyone else when it was meant to be a, when it's meant to be a national team almost, because we are representing Singapore. All the other countries are representing their own countries. So we, essentially, we're Team Singapore. Yes. So, um, yes, go Team Singapore. <laughs> well, um, yeah, no, I, and, and look, we've got some unbelievable runners here in, in Singapore. So I'm sure you didn't yeah. find it hard to get, to get 15, uh, uh, 15 participants. Um, we've had some of them on the podcast before, uh, the likes of Abby, obviously, Hung Wei. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so we was really keen to, um, to, to bring on some of, um, some of the competitors for this time round to, um, to hear about what, what they're doing and what they're planning. But before we go around the room and hear from some of them, Jerry, I'm going to like put you on the spot and, uh, and I want to find out who your predictions are on who you think is going to be uh, like rocking it until the end of the race and who you think uh, and what kind of times as well. What do you, what, where do you reckon we'll be able to get to in, our, uh, in Singapore, given the heat, given the humidity, given the route you've picked? What's your predictions? You know, I think, um, first of all, we have a lot of very strong runners in our 15. Um, even without the uh, actual backyard experience, I think they 
almost everyone or everyone is capable of going the distance. Uh, if you if you look at how the backyard ultras are won, it's not about speed. Um, it's about making sure that your brain, your head's in the right space. Your body just gets you through. So, you know, you can like Winnie's going to fuel on beer for sure. Um, and so is Alex. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. But, you know, these guys are great at just going round and round or up and down or just not stopping. Um, and a lot of it is mental. So you, you don't have to go fast. You just have to go steady. And um, if I had to pick my winner, I reckon it might be, I think who has a good chance at the moment, I think would be Hung Wei. Um, of course, with his um, with his experience in just doing rep repetitive laps round and round and round the track, um, but I think some of the women will be very strong as well. Natalie is mentally very tough, so is Winnie. Um, you know, it's hard to pick. Um, Abby, of course, is a really good choice, but um, there's no elevation there. So he's on a, yeah, he's good at climbing, but it's flat this time. And um, you never know, you know, like Kit's been um, running a lot. I'm pretty sure I know he's done some secret training. Uh, he did the GB rat and back as well. You did back as well, right, Kit? Um, I only started at a thousand miles. Oh, yeah. So he did a thousand miles and Alex, so did Alex. So, um, I'm not placing any bets just yet. Let's see. You, uh, after, ask me again after 36 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my next question. Like, where, where do you think we'll get to? What, what, what is your, what's your prediction in terms of uh, total distance hours on course? I reckon, I reckon we'll definitely go past 24 hours because 24 hours is 100 miles. And that's seriously... It's nothing Shop to be these, yeah. Through, yeah. Um, Time-wise, I think uh, we've got a good chance of going beyond 36, 48 hours. It depends on who, the, who is running and where they are in their brain space. You know, if you've got one person who's keen to just keep going, the race ends there. If you've got two people who are keen to just keep going, the race isn't going to finish. So that's going to be really, really interesting. So yeah, like, yeah, I, mean, I don't think that's about 36 hours. So be prepared, guys. I, I guess that's why you call the first last the assist. What was it? The assister or the assist? Assist. The assist. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you just need that extra other person to keep pushing you to keep getting to that starting clock every uh, every time. Um, yeah. That's awesome, Jerry. Well, look, I'm really excited for it. And let's hear from a, a few of the um, uh, a few of the competitors. That I'm gonna like I'm gonna go round the room as you sit on my Zoom. So, Winnie, that means we're kicking off with you, my dear. So, um, I guess that um, you're uh, yeah. Uh, Jerry alluded to you're you're going to be doing a Courtney DeWater and smashing few, a few beers back at, when you get to <laughs> get to the end of each lap. Uh, I hope so. Although, yeah, of course, because your refilling is going to be part of the strategy and it's only depending on what am I going to refill. Of course, beer will sound very good during a hot day. I hope I can stomach it. 
<laughs> very good what when it like um if you don't mind just giving us a quick uh, like intro to um to uh, to yourself and then um um like i just keen to hear like why you decided to do the challenge and then uh, on top of that what um what training you've been doing over the uh, over the last few months okay um yeah to begin with i'm winnie yes and i started running um only back in 2013 and doing short distance like 5k 10k and of course gradually i have entered into ultra distance and loving the trail more than running the road and that's when i started exploring longer distance of 50 to 100k and of course if talking about the most um longer distance that i have tried I have concurred is um, 100 miles for Craze Ultra in Singapore that is organized by Ben Sui. Happens to be one of the uh, contestants for this as well. And um, um, in terms of strategy, I would say that I definitely have three words running in my mind, which is race, recover, and then uh, reset. So, you know, I just have to keep on running and I just ensure that, you know, I, I can recover on time and then to be ready for the next, you know, set to go every hour. And then, oh, for my strategy or rather my training, I focus a lot more on refilling, you know, because I tend to have some issues on that with my mind block that I couldn't, you know, be well enough to tell myself to consume the right energy for me to go further. So this has been always a part of the training during my distance running right now. And then, you know, like uh, knowing what is good for me and what I should be eating and believing and trusting my crew who is going to stuff me with food. And then uh, going to just keep on going and running. That's very cool. So, um, so Craze Ultra um, is the is the biggest distance that you that you've done. Um, what's what's been your what's been your proudest performance? What's been the biggest performance you've done in the, the, that you've done in the past? This is for anyone that wants to start putting wages on after this uh, after listening to this. And uh, have we actually got a betting stream running somewhere, Jerry? I, I might have to like start one up. We'll have to go somewhere there. <laughs> but yeah, Winnie, what's what's been the best performance that you've um it, it, that you've ever done from a from a ultra run before? Uh, I would still say that it's definitely Craze Ultra because firstly the distance, secondly the weather, the humidity, and then it's definitely one of the longest that I have tried, and it has been a lot of breakthrough for me during that distance. You know, like um running on situations that I feel like giving up every step and of course it's all about the mental after hitting 120 kilometers and I having like hallucinations and I having problems uh, processing food so it's like uh, every milestone matters so much for me so although the distance and although it's going to just be like a local race people will be assuming that oh you grew up here Singapore weather you have been living breathing and it makes it so difficult, but of course, everyone is different, and this is definitely something that I'm super proud of, and running it in Singapore, being a true-born Singaporean as well, and I overcome it, yeah. That's very cool. Well, yeah, you talk about sleep deprivation. We're going to be starting at 7 p.m. at night, so um, yeah, if you want to get over the, uh, over the 100 miles, you're going to be going into the second night then, so um, let's yeah. hope you uh, you get to test your sleep deprivation skills on this one as well uh very yeah. good winnie um excited to see um to see how you go i mean one thing that jerry alluded to there is that um it's very much about mental toughness and uh, and uh, and yeah the females have been really strong in these races globally and we um yeah look, excited to see how you get on uh, good stuff um alex you're next on my screen sir so i'll hand over 
over to you. Um, uh, you, you actually sort of popped up. I mean, I've heard about you in, in the scene for quite a while, but um, but you've been um, in terms of your training block. Um, you were doing a certain celebration for uh, for the S, um, for the sorry, was it SG fifty five? Yeah, fifty five. You're the Magellan. Yeah. So um, yeah, like share us a bit about yourself, and then um, and then what you've been doing in terms of training over the last few months. Well, I'm Alex. Um, I definitely prefer trails to uh, to road running, but you know when COVID struck, um, you know with the circuit breaker and all, um, I have no choice. Trails are too far from my house, and I, and I stay in the east, so my playground is uh, East Coast Park. So I started running more on the uh, the road, and um, um, in terms of uh, training, I guess I haven't done very much since uh, Majula. I ran Majula for 55 days, um, and. Can you took a break after that, that really anyone? yeah so what is that so 55 days just explain what you um what you were doing over that period okay well i i joined a solidatory um category that means um the person with the greatest mileage over 55 days means so i i gave myself a uh, a target to hit at least 50 a day uh over 55 days so in the end i clocked about close to 3000 uh, 3000 click in 55 days that's mental. Yeah. And, and what, and what route were you doing for that? Were you were you just doing what? East Coast? Were you doing flat or were you doing trail? Yeah, ninety over percent were in East Coast Park. Yeah. It's round and round, yeah. <laughs> That's mental. So, so yeah, this when, when this uh, backyard came about, I, I was like, no, really, you know, it's a, it's the same same loop again, right? I mean almost there. <laughs> it's on your home turf. You've got like home advantage. It's, it's tough, you know. No, no, I don't think it is, but it's just tough because every time I see the road, I mean, when, when Jerry drew the road, I, I can visualize it, I can, you know, I know exactly where I swear. And um, I guess it's not an advantage to me. It, it is more like, um, you know, this road again, you know, I have to do it all over. I've been seeing the same road every day. I, I haven't been uh, doing much ever since. Um, and uh, I, I did a few runs on the roofs, um, give it a try. And yeah. That's why we'll see how it goes on race day. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Alex, what's been your um, what's been your sort of proudest um, race that you've done in your in your in your running career? Um, what's the what's the one that sticks out in your mind? Well, um, there are quite a few actually, but um, I think um, one that leaves the greatest impressions was, uh, I guess, it would be the TDG. That you know, it, it is not a race; it's more of an adventure. It's life changing, really, and. Uh, Life is very different after that, and Jerry will know. She has done it before, and she gave me so much advice uh, on how to handle and how to tackle that. So it's uh, essentially about 339 click over the Elstar Valley, um, about 29k elevation. Took me about five plus six days to, to get it done. And um, yeah, that's, that's really yeah, the toughest shit I've done, I think. Yeah. The, the, the Tour de Jean, this, um, yeah, it's a, an absolutely uh, epic, epic race. Um, Oh, very cool. So that that's actually the the furthest distance that you've uh, that you've run in an ultra as well. Uh, at one at one go, yes. In one go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not including yeah. the three thousand <laughs> kilometers you just did in fifty five days, you nutbag. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. So um, yeah, your uh, home turf, home advantage. Um, you know, you've you've got the the ultra distance before. You've been you've been running on that east coast. Um, yeah. What what are you thinking about strategies? Because um, Obviously, the 6.7k distance within an hour. Like, how long are you expecting to take to do those 6.7k? What What are you thinking without giving too much of your secret away? 
<laughs> no, I, I, I think um, it's, it's not a distance. Um, a lot of factors is going to come into play, like uh, more like your nutrition needs, your toiletry needs, um, time of day, um, and your nutrition. If you need to eat, and you have to factor everything in within that hour. And I think that's the greatest challenge rather than just running it, running the loop. Yeah, hopefully, Jerry, you've organized some portaloos for everyone so they don't have to run into a bush <laughs> mid lap. Nope, she's not thought about that. Okay, you're, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to bring your own porta potty with you. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, very good, Alex. Uh, nice one, sir. Right, thanks. Excited to, excited to follow. Um, uh, Kiat, over to you, sir. You're next on on my screen. So yeah, just give us tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of your your running experience and um, and yeah, what you've been up to training wise as preparing for this. Right, thank you, Kiat. Um, I came to running. Probably 2016, before that I was doing triathlons mostly and um, decided in 2016 to start running a little bit more seriously. Ostensibly, I thought it would take less time, but conversely, I've been so involved in running that it's taken way more time than when I was doing triathlons. Um, so I started doing ultras that very first year and it's progressed from there really and, and it's been eating, a lot, eating up a lot of my time. <laughs> Um, and, and what's been one, what's been your sort of proudest race that you've done today? Okay, or, or challenge, well, uh, not necessarily a race. Right. I'm, you know, the, the, the proudest race I have isn't even the race that I did the best in. Um, it was probably my first uh, ultra overseas in uh, Ultra Trail Australia, uh, running elevation beyond the little lump that is Bukit Timah Hill. That was pretty eye opening, and I was pretty proud of finishing in a reasonable time yeah and and uh uta is a hundred is a hundred k right is that a hundred uh that yeah i did 50 i did i did the 50 yeah what's the what's the biggest distance that you've uh, that you've done in part in the past in one go well it's a hundred k uh actually i've only done 100 k which was uh this year before everything got locked down i was in uh new zealand running the tarawera 100 beautiful okay Nice, but fairly, but fairly recent. So, you've, um, what have you been doing for a training um, leading up to the uh, race over the last um, over the last few weeks and months? Uh, well, when when uh, when uh, the circuit breaker started, I you know I was looking for some challenges, and and like uh, Jerry mentioned, I took part in the the virtual race across Tennessee and gave me something to do, and I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, kids needn't didn't need ferrying. Work was pretty light, so that kept me busy and. Uh, when I got the invitation for this race, I was thinking, oh no, you know, things are opening up, kids uh, need ferrying, work is getting busy. And, and ironically, my training has gone pretty much downhill for the last two months. So I haven't really been doing anything specifically for this, trying to carve out some time to get, get a little bit of mileage in. Basically, that's it. You're giving yourself a long taper. It's probably a, uh, it's probably a wise, wise move. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have fresh legs. <laughs> Rather than Alex having run 3,000 kilometers in a bloody in, in a couple of months and just ruined himself. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I think Alex is not telling you the whole story about what he did before he ran the 3,000. What am I missing? What happened? Alex? Oh, I, I, I did the GVRAT as well. What's that? What you run across Tennessee. Oh, you did that as well? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I crossed it a few times. Okay. You went there and back. <laughs> and there and back twice or three times, yeah. Alex. Uh, I think I did uh morning, morning, morning twice, there and back. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. What's the total distance for each each lap? Uh, one thousand, one thousand and twenty-two kilometers, one way across Tennessee. <laughs> so, uh, so, and you did okay, and and so you did it there and back. So you did like two thousand and forty-four, two thousand forty-four k before you did the Medulla fifty-five days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> you 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 basically just ruined yourself, and you're completely burnt out now, aren't you? So like, yeah, I am. No <laughs> I'm tired. <Yeah. laughs> Can we see your legs? Are they stumps? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and they're, they're too dark. They just look like beef jerkies now. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, nice one, Kia. Uh, excited to see how you get on. Um, next up on my screen, Mr. Mr. Ned Phillips. Um, so as Jerry said, mentioned before, you're, um, you're, the, you're the only one that is not a, a backyard ultra virgin, having a... Having, um, had a go at the uh, the virtual one in uh, just a sort of month or so ago. So yeah, a bit about yourself, Ned, and uh, and what you've been doing in sort of training over the over the last few months. Sure, thanks. So yeah, I'm Ned. Uh, I've been kind of in endurance sports for a while, running Ironman. You know, the same stuff that everybody goes through. A bit like Kakiat uh, was saying, I did started with running, then went to Ironman. Ironman takes so much more time. I came back to running but then you start running a long way and it takes the same kind of time. So yeah, been living out in Asia for about 30 years and actually started trail running up in Hong Kong in the Mackelhouse Trail. So I spent a long time running the kind of a, the hills up in Hong Kong, uh, doing that, then moved here about 18 years ago and part of the McGritchie Running Club, just love running here. And yeah, did the virtual uh, Backyard Ultra, the second one, there was one in April, and I didn't see it was on until I saw it was on. I was like, oh, wow, I missed it. And then they said there was another one. So, yeah, had a, had a go at the one back in July. And how did it go back in July? What, what were your learnings from that first uh, backyard jaunt? Sure. Well, I did mine on the treadmill. So it was a treadmill in my house. Uh, it was, honestly, it was great fun because I, I think a bit like Alex was also saying, it's, or uh, everyone said, it's, it, it's about thinking about the, the gap in between, right? You know, all of us here can run 6.7K in an hour, right? Then you do it again, and you get a bit more time. We could all do that. And I, th I think the, the, the biggest thing that I learned is it's easy till it isn't. And all of a sudden, it's really not easy really quickly. Like, so I did 21 loops on the treadmill. And I was, when I got to 18, uh, I started to have some real muscle pain in the shin and I kind of really struggled to get on 18. I, but then I kept it going. But then I got to 22 and I got 6.1K done and was trying to, it went from incredibly easy to run 6.7K in an hour to impossible. But the key point is, is the, for me, I was running like 50 minutes. So the 10 minutes on the first loop, 10 minutes felt forever to rest. By the 20th loop, oh, that 10 minutes, it didn't feel like long enough at all. That was my learning. That the 10 minutes at the beginning does not feel like, and then my times, loop 18 went 53, 19 went 55, uh, 20 went 57. And I was like, oh no, here we go. I'm falling off the cliff. And I think as Lad says, you can't have one bad loop, right? You just, it's not like a big ultra where you can take half an hour rest in 100 miles, right? Or 300, you can take 
you can you can relax for an hour or two like that and one thing i'll tell everybody here you're going to have nightmares about the whistle the three minute whistle the two minute whistle the one minute whistle and and on the last loop i came in i finished on my treadmill and they were already blowing the one minute whistle and i just was coming in it was like 59 10 i was almost crying so your rest and recovery was the biggest thing i didn't i certainly don't think i worked it, it out particularly but yeah everything you can do to take care of yourself in those 10 minutes nine minutes eight minutes seven minutes is really essential and what other learnings did you have from it in terms of like nutrition like how are you going to and how are you going to utilize those those 10 minutes um yeah obviously it's a different format you're going to be outside you're going to but yeah what what learnings did you take from the treadmill one that you're going to bring into the to this version so i actually learned i think a few of us know the name dave proctor who was one of the greats of ultra and was in that backyard when maggie and will hayward he said something that i didn't figure out uh until almost race day don't eat when you rest eat when you run because if you eat when you rest it sucks up resting time that was the biggest learning so dave proctor takes his three four hundred calories with him so he takes apple pie in a ziploc bag and squishes it into his mouth but it it, it seems counterintuitive but if you can get the calories in well while you run you can rest truly without thinking about doing other stuff and the other thing is come in sit down and if you've got nine minutes if it takes three minutes to do your whatever you know change your water rest for the six minutes and try real that's what i learned because in the first 10 minutes the first few loops i was pinging friends on facebook hey i've done a loop i'm doing this or i was you know checking things out i was eating honestly those are so precious so everything you can do on the run to eat and and when you sit down take care of what you can and look i i've never gone further than 21 hours so i have no idea if i can get to more but for the the greats who get to 48 or 60 it's about sleeping i don't think i can run far enough to be worried about sleeping uh, i know i can stay awake for 24 hours so that's another that's another level above above me but yeah those those rest periods doing them as well as you can is everything it, uh, it, getting your nutrition in on the move as well is good advice it sounds like you just did a sales pitch for uh, for tailwind that jerry would be very happy about <laughs> as well um but yeah that that's a uh, very salient advice um what uh, so w what's been your sort of proudest uh, achievement from uh, on physical endurance i know you've uh, you as you mentioned you've done some ironman am i right in thinking that, that you've done a you've you've run the circumference of singapore i remember that on your like 50th birthday as well you did sort of like ran every day for 50 days or something you've done a few cool little challenges in the past yeah yeah look i i i really like the kind of just thinking up a little adventure i call them an adventure run you know it's just a run you know so when i first came to singapore i was doing running and i thought you know singapore's about the only country you can run around to get to know right so i ran around about 130k uh, i i definitely enjoyed that because it's just your own your own mind doing it and since i've been 40 i run 100 minus my age on my birthday so when I was 40, I ran 100 minus 40, so 60K. And the reason is the formula works out. So now I'm 53. 
So on my birthday, I ran 47K. So when I'm 60, maybe I can still run 40. When I'm 70, maybe 30. When I'm 99, 1K, sit down, get drunk, I'm all good, right? So, uh, <laughs> but I, 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 for me, it's been those, you know, I've done, you know, some fun things. And, but yeah, I love, I love just thinking of a run and heading out the door. I like competition too, but yeah, some of those runs have been something I've really enjoyed. Excellent. Uh, very good, Ned. Well, um, yeah, we, we look forward to see how you do on the day. You are the most experienced backyard ultra runner in the, uh, <laughs> in the field. Um, but yeah, there's a, it, it is a very impressive field of, uh, of runners. But yeah, we, we look, look forward to, uh, to following on the day. Um, last but by no means least, um, and I, I, we, we should never, sort of, ladies should go first, but we, we saved one of the ladies for last. Um, Natalie Dow, um, do you want to introduce yourself and, uh, and uh, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself? I think I'm the auntie of the group because uh, I'm the oldest woman um, and probably least experienced, even though I'm the oldest. So if you're betting on me, you want really long odds for this race. <laughs> Um, yeah, so been in Singapore uh, over 16 years now. Um, I only um, have got involved in ultra running um, a year ago, actually. Um, so I did my first ultra a year ago and my first marathon just before that. So longer distance is um, fairly new to me. Before the, before that, I was Spartan racing and crossfitting. So, um, you know, I think as I've got older, I've always looked for a new challenge and, and sort of it's been stuck here for the last year and I'm really loving it. Um, so, you know, from a training point of view, um, over circuit breaker, you know, like everyone else, I was just happy to be outside being allowed to run without wearing a mask. So I would just put my pack on and go um and see as far as i could go there and then turn around and come home so no real um structure to my training i guess my last ultra i did was in march which was in kuching um so since then i've just you know just been running to keep mentally sane i think yeah what what was the race in kuching actually i hadn't i didn't realize there was a there was an ultra out there i knew there was an adventure race earlier in the year but um yeah yeah there's a, a a Kaching Ultra, which is actually on the road. Um, okay. So there's, a, it's like a, I think, 102 kilometer ultra. Yeah. It's interesting. You've only started doing, um, doing ultra distance running in the, in the last couple of years. Um, you've, uh, you, yeah, we often find that people that actually start later, they have fresher legs, less knee problems, less issues. So uh, I don't, I think you're playing down your, uh, your betting odds there. Um, uh, you're, you're sharking. You're going to put a load of money on yourself, I'm sure. Um, um, but Ned mentioned like uh, about getting in and like, you know, to begin with, he was like posting on social media how he's doing after, um, after each lap. I mean, you've got like hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram, like how uh, under your Rockstar Arms Insta, Insta handle. Um, <laughs> how are you uh, playing to, uh, to keep your, uh, your, your um, sea of followers um, entertained during your, uh, during your challenge? Or are you going to really focus on, uh, on, on using those 10 minutes or 15 minutes or five minutes to, uh, to prepare for the next loop? Yeah, there'll be no social media posting for me. That will be, uh, I think my phone will be for, for podcasts or music to keep me sane during it. I will not be wasting my batteries on Instagram during the time. 
and um, and so yeah, you mentioned that you've like uh, you've done Spartan before, and if you're, what, are there any sort of different races that you've done in the past that you think uh, you're going to be able to um, take solace from, and are going to be uh, you feel like you're going to be able to leverage to be able to take on this um, this backyard ultra? Yeah, you know, the furthest I've run was is 102 kilometers. Um, so. I think, you know, as Jerry mentioned, it's for me, it will be mental. Um, and I think, you know, going to things like Spartan World Champs where, you know, you've got to get over mentally swimming in zero degrees water and, you know, that puts lots of people off. I think, um, you know, that's what I'll be looking to call on. I don't probably have the miles in my legs that, that you know, other people do. But I think from a mental point of view, you know, I hope I can come through um, with that. And what sort of support crew will you um, will you have um, for the for the challenge? Are you going to have anyone down, sort of, uh, yeah, putting lube up on, on your feet and, uh, yes. and feeding you, uh, feed, uh, like, yeah, feeding me grapes, feeding um, you, no. <laughs> waving you with, um, a, with a big leaf, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My husband and 11 year old daughter will be popping in from time to time, um, you know, as uh, you know, when they're awake and not sleeping at home. And then um, I've got another friend uh, um, who I, you know, used to train Spartan with. So he'll come down and, um, and Jasmine's, you know, kindly realised that maybe I need some help and offered to sh share some crew with me. So that was very nice of her. Yeah, very good. Um, well, um, yeah, like it's been a it's been a pleasure, sort of like hearing from each and every one of you. Um, Jerry, have you got any um uh, have you got any other tips for um for for the runners? Any things? Any salient advice? Um, any rallying cries for them before they uh, as they prepare in the last couple of weeks um, to before they get to the start line? No, just keep this mantra in your head. I'm gonna be dead effing last. <laughs> and uh, and Jerry, like, how can how are people gonna be able to to follow on the day? Like, what's the um uh yeah what what what's the setup gonna be? And uh, and yeah, what what should people look out for on the on on the socials? And uh, and will they be able to dial in? Will they be able to follow in on a on a live feed? Well, what we've done is um, up until now, the, the event and all the details have been kept private amongst um, the crew and the races, just because we want to make sure that, you know, no one's going to complain about this and no Karens are involved in, in you know, like putting their hands up and, and getting safe distancing officers down. Um, we will be very, very stringent, but uh, there is a global Zoom link to watch. Um, this will be live and you will be able to see all the countries who are able to patch in. Um, and this is how we're going to coordinate the start and the finish of each loop as well. So the, the link will be um, based in Canada. So all our tech gets um, gets funneled into there and they'll be keeping tabs on everyone and they'll actually do the start and finish um, whistles. Got you. So will people be able to go and actually look at the Singapore, um, the Singapore either like, but if there's like a breakout room or something, just see everyone at the end of every hour or was it, will it just be all the hundreds of, of people globally all in just like one uh, one link or do we know how it's going to work out? Yeah, it's, a, it's going to be the same or uh, very similar to the way the quarantine Backyard Ultra was, was run. It's, um, I 
think it's the same guys if I'm not sure. Um, but actually, no, it's not the same guys. Sorry, but um, it's going to be a a Zoom link. So instead of hundreds of people, it's two hundred. Um, I think we've got the twenty three countries that will log in and broadcast, and then you can watch it. Um, so the technical details are a little bit beyond me right now. I think I've sent Rick and you some details and you can check it out. Yeah. Uh, but I intend to get into that this week because um, that's one of my one of the tasks on my list. But there will be a link that people can follow um, in real time because uh, for all the events, I think it's, um, well, in almost all the countries, there's a no spectator policy. Yeah, of course. Well, look, I'm sure if um, if they follow the Fat Bird events uh, page and uh, and Red Dot Running as well, we'll be uh, we'll be sharing some uh, some live updates as you all uh, um, as as the events going on as well. Um, look, it's been a it's been a pleasure catching up with you all. Um, we uh, we definitely hope to uh, to cover a few of the uh, a few of the final few at the end. So hopefully we'll be chatting to some of you guys in a couple of, in uh, in a few weeks' time after you're uh, you're victorious after a forty eight hour or, or fifty six hour run. Um, Jerry, you didn't give me a time. What like just to finish? What what you what's your if you're going to pick an hour that you think that the last person will be standing? What hour will that be? Let's say, I reckon we should go for 48 hours. 48 hours. That's right. That's a, that's two full yeah. nights. That's, um, that's yeah. Before you, um, before you get into the third night, you can go and, uh, you can go and crash out. Um, very good. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you all for, um, for joining and making the time. Good luck for your last two weeks of training. Um, and uh, yeah, have a, have a good taper and, uh, and get to that start line fresh. Um, wish you all the best. Thanks very much. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Tom Akazo Harrison. Welcome back to the Endurance Asia podcast. The third time, uh, third time to join us. Um, and yeah, appreciate you coming back to tell us a bit about the um, the, the backyard ultra that you're organizing in, uh, in Japan this weekend. Yep. Third time is a charm. <laughs> Third time's a charm. But before we get into the backyard ultra, um, you've been yeah. pretty busy this uh, last, uh, last weekend just gone. Obviously, 100 miles, 100 times is your, is your moniker, is your mission. Um, and yep. uh, earlier in the year, I saw that you got out to Hawaii earlier in the year before the whole sort of COVID um, uh, properly hit. Um, so yeah, you did get a, a miler in this year already, right? That's right. I got a, a miler in Hawaii with a Heart 100 uh, this year. I didn't really expect that the world's going to be like this at that moment. Um, so um, yeah, and um, last weekend, finally, um, there's some guys in Japan that did a fat ass 100 mile race. Um, it was like a 1.5k loop in the trails. I did like 109 loops. That makes about 160K-ish. And that was, yeah, my 56, 100 mile. 56. And, um, and so you did a 1.5-mile um, loop. What's, um, what was the uh, elevation of the loop? Yeah, each, um, each loop had like 80, 80 um, meters of elevation. So that was 1,720 meters. Wow, that's crazy. 
that's um yeah, yeah that's that's an everest thing there mate although it doesn't count if you do it in a loop uh, an everest thing you need to go up and down uh, uh up and back the same uh, the same route oh is that the official kind of um uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. Know that. It, it needs it needs to be up well in fact actually it, it needs to be up and you can actually come down by um by non-human power so some people there's a couple of routes where you can get like a gondola back down and run and run back up but um but yeah it has to be up and down the same route it can't be in a can't be in a loop um, oh so for for the evolution if you go if you reach that goal with that elevation it doesn't really matter if the distance is short or long distance doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter oh, the, the length of the uh of the up and out and back but it has to be an out and back loop it can't be um yeah it can't be it can't, be a, it can't be a loop so, so, but, um, so that yeah. means that doing a ladder would be the fastest right yeah you could yeah you could do i mean there are quite a few people that have done stairwells there was um uh there was a like an elevation uh, challenge recently um with the asia asia trail girls um and uh and yeah one of the guys in singapore um uh phil daniel he did a um he did an Everest thing in a stairwell. I think Jerry's done a stairwell before as well, which is probably the most efficient way you could do it in terms of distance. But, um, but yeah. You've done it like twice, right? I've done it on a bike and on foot, but, um, but yeah, oh. not, um, yeah uh, not, not, not in a stairwell though. Uh, that would be uh, Everest thing or, or doing any sort of loop is, is mind numbing. Mm. Doing it in a stairwell just takes you to a whole new, <laughs> whole new level. But, but how did you get on in the weekend then? So first miler for, for sort of five months, six months or so, how did it, um, how are your legs feeling? Yeah, so, um, Actually, it was a it was a fun run. Um, I I did it in like um, 33 hours. Um, I did sleep a lot. Um, I've been training a lot since the Corona um, because normally I would do like five, six, 100 miles a year, and I think I I did think that was too much. And when I when I'm not doing that much this year, I realized that was too much, and um, I noticed that resting is, is it, you know if you rest this much you're feeling really good because i think i was really always like tired at the moment I, 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 all the time but now i've been off for like almost a half a month and doing um really um good good training and i was kind of worried that i haven't been running for 100 miles for a while but after doing a lot of training and my um there was a lot of quality time i felt really good and, and i feel really strong so that's good because i have my hong kong four trails next year my barclay and my grand slam so um it was a it was a good experience yeah just to feel my body's kind of um yeah got got gone to the high performance and feeling good yeah yeah, that's interesting, actually. I mean, the, the, there's a lot of sort of good stuff which has come out of this COVID. There's a lot of terrible stuff as well. But actually, just having a rest, having a, having your like a rest year. Like I remember when you did four trails, um, you had a, you came straight off Hurt 100 and went straight into four yeah. trails like the next yeah. weekend. Like and and then Barkley soon after that. Like it gets to a point where your body just like you need to have a you need to let it recuperate. So I think it will, it will bode well for, um, for next year for you. 
Um, yeah. And yeah, th this weekend coming up, you've uh, we've obviously got the backyard ultra. We've just had all the uh, all, all the um, a group of attendees from the Singapore version and Jerry that's running it there. You're um, running the only other one in Asia that, that we know about in um, in Japan. So yeah, tell us about it. Like this is be the second time that you've run a backyard ultra in um, in Japan. So yeah, what's the, what's the format and uh, and who have you got joining you? Yeah, so this year um, we were not expecting the corona again. Um, so uh, the the COVID um, um, COVID this year. So um, the the runners who won the backyard in last samurai in February or other backyards all over the globe that had the golden ticket event was supposed to go to Lazzy's big dog's backyard in October. However, this happened, so um, decided to, to do the big dog's world championship. Um, so America is gonna be uh, doing it in um, Tennessee uh, we're doing it in Tokyo. There's 27, I think there's 26 or 27 countries with 28 locations because I, th I know Australia has two locations. And uh, actually it's two, 27 countries, uh, 26 countries and 27 locations. And um, we're gonna do it at the same time at the American Central Time um, UTC minus six and that is seven seven a.m over there there in tennessee and it's uh, 9 p.m here in japan so everyone's going to start at the same time um the the rule is that normally the backyard ultra is um you know the last last standing or last woman standing but um, um I, I, first of all i did expect to have for for example there might be a last one standing in America and last, for example, last one standing in Japan. And they're going to be competing each other versus America versus Japan, for example. But that's not going to happen because um, last said that if it, it, the, each country is going to be an independent event in each country. That means if there's a last one standing in one country, that's it for that country. So for a country to compete each other, there needs to be an assist as well. Yeah, of course. Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there needs to be there needs to be two. But as soon as like you're down to the last person, then the race will finish there as well. Yeah, yeah. Cor correct. And um, the the reason last made that is because each country has its own course, right? And um, there, there could be a really flat course or it could be um, kind of an elevation course. Our one is like a back-to-back -back course and um, the, the length is all, all the same, but we have 157 meter of elevation. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's so punchy. It, it, yeah, and um, it's kind of Jeep rolled. It's kind of hard surface. So it, it is kind of hard. Why did you choose that route? Because this is the same route that you did for the last samurai. Yeah, um, I live in Tokyo and um, a suburb of Tokyo in Takao. And I, I have a play, I know the community and there's this place that has a, a guest, it's like a big house with like um, a guest house that 30 people can participate. 
and they have beds and baths and, and um, it's kind of easy to con control because um, it, they own that place. And, and um, when it comes to races, um, you know, um, it, it's very easy to organize a race if you know the, the people and the place. And that, actually that's why I, I just chose that place. So um, if I was gonna choose another place, maybe I, I could just choose a flat place because the, the interesting thing about the backyard is how long can you continue? So you, you need, I, I think it's better to make the course easier for the runners to continue as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, if there's yeah, too much I, elevation, it's gonna to be too hard. 150 meters is that oh that probably mirrors similar to what the actual tennessee route is as well actually i think that's a similar level of elevation for for each loop um but uh but yeah the singapore team they uh they've only uh, they've got a very flat course along the east coast but they will have the heat and humidity to contend with which um which obviously the weather must be cooling down quite dr dramatically in uh, in japan i remember watching the last samurai one in february and it looked bloody freezing there as well yeah, what kind of yeah, what kind of temperatures freezing. are you expecting um this time we're going to expect about like um, 18 to 15 ish degrees celsius yep. so i think it's going to be very runnable and is that um, uh, is that during night. the day and, and at night what is that like uh, that, um, that'll be the variation night, yeah in the uh, the daytime it could be like 18 to like 16 uh, at night it could go down to like uh, 17 and then 12 12 yeah. um so um, it's going to be very runnable, I think. Yeah, that's perfect. Actually, that's like perfect temperatures, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. What yeah. What do you um What was the um What was the winning time in um in the last samurai in February? And, and what is your expectation for uh, for this room for this round? Um, last time it was like uh, forty two. Yeah, wow. forty two. And. Yeah, um, yeah, it was 42. Um, Hisayuki Tateno, um, he's, he's done the Barkley uh, three times. Um, he was there with me um, last year at the Barkley and the, la the, the previous year as well. Um, he's not the fast, fast guy, um, but he's very strong. So right, sorry, what's his name? Um, Hisayuki Tateno. Hisayuki Tateno, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. And obviously he's going to be competing against this uh, again this year. So with a 42 hour under his belt, is there anyone else that you've, um, and have you got a total of 30 participants this year? Actually, we only have 10 okay. at the moment. Um, so um, at the most you can have 15. So um, if you're going to compete against the yards against each country, uh, we might not be <laughs> strong enough because we're like five off. Uh, but uh, for independent um, uh, com competition, um, we have strong field there because um, the top 10 um, from last year, la the last samurai standing in February are all there. And the second guy called Akio Ueno, he was running the backyard quarantine ultra. You know, that was going yeah. on. He the was, first one or the second he was one? Sec the first one, first yeah. one. Yeah, he was second there. Oh, was he? Okay. Did he, he do it on a treadmill? Guy. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that guy? He's he's 
he's been doing that. And um, yeah, it was, he got really inspired by this backyard and he's, he kind of is really into it. So I think he's going to be strong as well. Um, yeah. And it sounds between the two of those, it's between the two of those, you've got a very good, uh, yeah, it's definitely like they'll be able to assist each other. And sorry, you were about to mention someone else. Yeah, Terumichi Morishita is a famous like a road guy in Japan who's be, who's the, who's had the four-time champion in a row uh, going around Okinawa. You know Okinawa, the the island in the in the south, the tropical island. There's a hard race um, called Hawaii of Japan. Correct, and he's the four-time champion in a row. So um, he was expected to to be the winner last time but he was actually not the winner but i think he's going to be coming back strong um masayuki takei and um yohei yamamoto um those two were running the you know the 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 back the the virtual race across tennessee that last yes. was doing yeah, yeah yeah they're they're like the top to ten two guys that was really? doing the 1000K. So they've been collecting a lot of mile during this corona, uh, the COVID-19. Uh, so they've been gaining a lot of performance there. So I'm really ex excited to see those guys, how they're gonna do with the backyard because I have not had the experience with this. And um, the last time what I know is, um, everything happens unexpected <laughs> yeah. um things could finish in a sudden or things could go long as long as long as you never thought about but it could really finish fast um so i don't i'm very excited about what's going to happen and um with all the 27 um six countries that's going to be uh, going on it's it's so exciting you know yeah, yeah. everyone's going to be running at the same time yeah no it's going to be a really interesting to watch i'm looking forward to to following this weekend um, and we'll be sharing sort of the links to the zoom so people can uh, can follow um what um uh, so will you have support in terms of race directing or are you going to be you're not doing it solo right uh me uh, organizing the race yes um, I have a team. Yeah, I have a team. Um, okay. So we have like six people um, that's going to help me out. Um, that's that's great. We have um, uh, Tanaka-san and we have uh, Okumura-san and um, Yesaito-san and um, yeah, uh, yeah. There's going to be they're they're going to be helping me. So um, we're going to be. Um, I'll be sleeping for a while. Um, they're going to be on and I'll be sleeping. They're going to be sleeping. So we have this timetable that we're going to do it together. Okay. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah doing the whole, cause uh, I think it could be, uh, it, it could be quite a, a long, uh, a long two nights. So, I mean, if, if we, uh, even if you, if you get up to the 50 hours, it's obviously starting at 9 PM in the evening. So there's a potential of three nights, right? Yeah. That third night, as we all know is, um, yeah. Yeah, you're doing that without uh, a proper sleep is going to be uh, it's going to be challenging. Do you reckon actually in Asia we're we're we're, um, we're sort of handicapped because you're starting at night time? Do you think it's better off to start at the at the morning so to 
potentially limit the amount of nights that you'd have to go through? Yeah, I, I, I think for like when I'm, yeah, when I, yeah, I think about that and I think, um, yeah, it is kind of an advantage, uh, not a handicap uh, because we start at night and we're going to have more nights. Um, but I don't know if, if it's such a long event. I don't know if that matters or not. <laughs> it always like, doesn't matter like a, at the end, does it? Yeah, if it was like 100 miles, I would say yes. Like uh, UTMB, it starts at almost night in the evening, and mostly all the people spend two nights. Uh, compared to most of the 100 miles, um, they start like 5 a.m. in the morning, and if yeah. you're a fast guy or a normal guy, you're only going to have one night, and that's going to be a big difference. But if you're going to continue for three nights, I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah, don't know. I have no idea. I've not done it though. Yeah, I can't speak from my words. You know. Yeah. Well, we're excited to um, excited to to follow and to see how the uh, the Japan team get on Tomo um so yeah for, back to yourself you've got um plan you've kind of having a bit of a fallow year this year you're just going to have done 200 milers um the hurt and then the um and then the Fadas um one that you did last weekend do you have any plan for the um for the last couple of months of the year or are you waiting until Hong Kong four trails and, and training hard for that yeah mainly it's going to be training i might have some long runs uh, in between but i'm um, really excited about the hong kong for trails next year you know it's a uh, uh, yeah it's the 10th anniversary for the hong kong for trails and um, there's a special rule that um Andrea is going to invite only the the finishers um, and um there's going to be like 40 people there, and I'm, I'm one of them. Um, there's, of course, they're all finishers, so they're strong, strong, uh, strong field. And, and the guys who's finished less than 60 hours are going to aim for like 50 hours. So I'm one of those fields. So <laughs> there's definitely a, <laughs> really a very strong for field. That. Yeah, we, we the breaking fifty. We're excited to to follow that one as well. And um, and I remember when we called up last time, um, you had the plans for the Grand Slam. You had the uh, the the spot in um, uh, to, to to go and uh, compete in that this year. I, have all of those places been deferred to next year? So, do you, were your spots still be available next year? Actually, um, I was on the waiting list for number four for Western State. That's right. Yeah. So. I'm not 100% in there, but I, I hope I will be in there. Normally there's like 20 or 30 people who get in from the wait list. So um, I hope I'm in, but you know, with the, this kind of um, year, no, no, no one might let me in from the wait list. I don't know, but um, for Leadville and for um, the Vermont, um, I'm, I'm in. Um, there and then for Wasatch, they let let people in if you're as long as you're in for the three races. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're excited to um, to see how the next year pans out for you, Tomo. Um, 
good luck this weekend. I'm glad you're not doing it all on your own. I'm glad you've got a bit of a support crew to um, to direct the uh, the race because I've got a feeling that you might go beyond the 42 hours that uh, that you did in February. Um, but yeah, looking forward to to watching it all play out and uh, and yeah, look forward to catching up again soon. Well, what do you think is going to be the record this year? What do you think? So, so the, the previous record is 65 hours or 66 hours? Yeah, I think it was like 66 by Johan. Yeah. Or 68, yeah. 67 from Courtney and then right. 68 from Johan. Yeah, I think. I, I've got yeah. a feeling that, um, that it's going to be broken this year. I think that they're, that the, the, and I'm not sure who by, it's hard to say, but I, I think that there's been so many people focusing on this style of race that I think that people are getting their nutrition down, they're getting their, their, just how they plan around it and how they're like people support them. And I think that the, the, the sort of virtual backyard ultras um, and have given a lot of people a lot of practice with it. And I think that they're fine tuning their, um, their race strategies and, um, and it's always the way, like, I, you know, I think someone will probably break 70 hours um, this, uh, this time round. Um, likely someone from from the US. I don't know with Proctor will uh, will come in again, and um, I'm pretty sure that he's not just directing, but he's going to be racing this year. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, yeah, I, I would. Uh, I think someone in the US is going to break uh, break 70. Yeah, I think the this time the the assist is going to be very important because they're as much as important as the last woman or last man standing, and. Um, the, the, the year that they did 68 loops was because the assist was very strong. Um, that's why it kept going um, for, for the last Johan to be standing. And this time, when you look at the participants for each country, yeah, I, I think if you have like a good assist, I think there's going to be a, a, a good, good chance of breaking the yeah, 68, I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good, uh, really good point. Yeah, like Will Haywood being the assist last year for Maggie. And, Correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, unfortunately, Hong Kong have not been. They're still under a pretty, um, a pretty tight lockdown, and so Stephen Carr hasn't been able to organise one for Hong Kong. But um, mm. yeah, I'm sure people will be um, be be following uh, what's going on in Japan and Singapore. Um, mm. But, uh, but yeah, great stuff, Tomo. Always an absolute pleasure to catch up, sir. Um, I hope to potentially see you in Hong Kong for the four trails next year um, and so we can catch up in person. But uh, good luck, um, good luck organising this weekend. I hope it goes smoothly. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm very looking forward for um, everyone to do their best. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers, Tomo. Cheers. Like the truthful story if they ever ask Stop the complaining cause things ain't that bad